What is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining us here on Bauman's Breakdown, another edition with myself, Mike Bauman, and the lovely <laughs> Hungarian Mike Jamison, the producer extraordinaire. How are you, Mikey? I am. Uh, I'm very well. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Hanukkah and all of that good stuff to everybody. You, uh, y'all deserve it. It's been a little bit. It's been about a month since we've uh, since we've done another podcast here on Bombers Breakdown. But we've been pretty busy with work with Toledo Sports Network. You can check that out on YouTube. Just a little local thing we do here in our corner of the world. We're doing a couple of basketball games every week. We do our radio show every single Saturday morning on 106.5 The Ticket, which you can check out online, actually, no matter where you are in the country. You can listen to it on uh, 8 o'clock every Saturday morning at uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time, that is. And Mikey's also got Let's Fix Her Up, a home improvement show. He's got a cooking show. Dine Out Toledo. Dine Out Toledo. So Mike is wearing about 18,000 hats, a wedding show, and doing some wedding and DJ And And then scheduling. they're ironic. You know, you throw all this crap against the wall, and you say the, the whole saying is, oh, something your dad always says. If you throw enough crap against the wall, something will stick. Well, now everything's starting to stick, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, my God. It's cool, man. It's really I, cool. I wouldn't stop. I love it. I it's love fun. It. We had a fun time last night. I was a little hard on myself because sometimes I get a little too goofy, and I, I was disappointed. I didn't listen to music the whole ride home. <laughs> I was just like, Mike, you're probably, you got to sound better. No, you sounded fine. I can just, I can just see you. I can just see you in the car driving home, like hitting yourself. Why did I do that? Why did I smacking yourself in the face and everything? Come on, man, just deal with it. You did. It was a. It was just a comment, and then you and Norm going at it. I was all over an NBA player. It was yeah. kind of. It was kind of. Yeah. Kind of cute. Well, I'm a Pistons fan, yeah, and I so guess. is Norm. And Norm doesn't think that Andre Drummond's ceiling is as high as I think it is. And maybe it is just my hope as a Pistons fan that I really believe <laughs> that he can do it. The young fella's averaging a double double. He's only twenty twenty, or twenty years old. But I didn't see these guys being five and twenty to start the season. No. That anybody? is nuts. To me, it's nuts. Something's got to give. They got to make some moves. There's just the roster isn't pieced together the way it should be pieced together right now. There's talented guys on that roster, but it's just not. It's just not meshing, obviously. But to me, when you have a 20 year old center like Andre Drummond who works hard, I've always said this: give me guys who work hard and have some skill over guys who have tons of skill and don't work hard. I will take. That starting five over the other starting five any day of the week because they will win. People may disagree with me, but talent alone is not going to get you where you need to go in anything in life. And in a sport like basketball, and you know because you're a basketball junkie like me, you love the game, anybody can watch a basketball game and know who the best guy is and the worst guy is right. because there's only 10 people out on the floor. It's very easy to see who the weak link is and who the strong link is. And if you give me guys who want it, who have some skill, and that's what normal fight with you about yeah, last night, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't think Drummond's. He thinks he has no the offense. Work the work ethic. He thinks he's got no offense, and I disagree. I I disagree. Stan I, Van Gundy's in his first year. Do I think he can score thirty a game? Not right now. No. Do I think he can score twenty five? Maybe. Maybe he still needs a go-to offensive move, but like I keep saying, he is 20 years old. This is his third year, 
and he's on his second coach in three years. The young fella hasn't had consistency yet, and you need that. And that's part of the Pistons' problem. They're one of three teams, I believe, in the NBA in the last 10 years to have at least seven different coaches. That is not a recipe for success. Right. How many coaches has San Antonio had? One. One. How many coaches has Miami had in the last five years? Two. Stan Van Gundy and Spolstra, right? Right. So, I mean, you need you need consistency to win championships, and the Pistons haven't had that. But anyway, anyway, I digress. Welcome to our radio show about music. I am just uh, <laughs> I, I'm just ranting about basketball. But this is not what this show is about. It's actually about a fella named Big Dad Rich. Woo woo. Big Dad Rich is what he goes by. The lead singer for Texas Hippie Coalition. And I freaking love this band. They came to Toledo in November. Unfortunately, I did not get an opportunity to go out to the show because of work. But I did get a chance to do a phone interview with Big Dad Rich. We did a story in Toledo Free Press. If you want to check it out at ToledoFreePress.com. But could not have been a nicer guy. And really a polarizing character. I mean, this is a guy who grew up on a lot of different musical influences. His family would play all different kinds of stuff at get-togethers. He's from Texas, Denison, Texas, to be specific. And so at the time he was coming up, Mikey, he had Pantera. I mean, Texas, anybody who knows about Texas music, it doesn't matter what it is. You got to put Pantera on the Mount Rushmore of Texas music. And Pantera was a band that really changed the game for Big Dad Rich. But I give this guy a lot of credit because he's pursuing his dreams. You know, this is a dude who was working out in the oil fields as a teenager, and now he's touring the country. And Texas Hippie Coalition has turned the heads of a lot of people for just making some good old dirty southern influence rock and roll that hits you in the gut and gets you on your feet, gets your hands in the air, including Zach Wilde, Rob Halford of Judas Priest. I mean, those are some pretty big names in rock and metal music, and those guys have been on board with these guys for a long time. So it was so much fun to be able to talk to Big Dad Rich, learn more about his story. He was a completely down-to-earth guy, and I have a lot of respect for him and what Texas Hippie Coalition is doing right now. So without further ado, I don't want to rant anymore because I really want you guys to hear this conversation because it was so much friggin' fun talking to Big Dad Rich. So I'm going to shut up. Here it is. Lead singer of Texas Hippie Coalition, Big Dad Rich. I just wanted to say thanks for uh, for taking the time today. It's it's been it's been quite the ride for you guys over the last five years, man. And and I think uh, what struck me about the first time that I heard you was just just the groove was was infectious. On uh, pissed off and mad about it, and I remember bobbing my head to it and just thinking, God, it's it's been a while since I've heard some some rock and roll like this where it was just. It was about the groove and having a good time, and uh, it seems like you guys have really been really been bringing that back the last couple of years. Right on, right on. We are, you know, uh, in the industry. A lot of the bands are starting to want to get out on the road with us and tour with us, just because they know that we're a, we're a rolling party. <laughs> you know, uh, we like to have fun, and um, I think that's one of the reasons. Whenever. Um, we were looking for somebody to team up with, and then Chris Jericho approached us and said he'd like to uh, do a co-headlining tour with us, you know, on this run. You know, he basically said, you know, he wanted to have a big party, and he knew the THC knew how to throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you too. Coming out of, of Texas, there's so many great bands over the years across all the the genres of music, whether it's bluegrass, country, rock, metal, uh, that that just know how to to put on a good live show. But for you. Do you remember your first uh, live experience as uh, as a kid, or, or what what kind of got you into into this realm of uh, wanting to pursue music? Man, you know, um, I remember all the way back, you know, to where you know, I was three, four years old. Um, um, all of my dad's side of the family, they would gather up on the weekends. Uh, you know, they'd fight roosters and do all kinds of crazy stuff. The women would cook chicken and biscuits and chili. And, but all the men would gather on the front porch with banjos, guitars, and uh, washboards, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, mouth harps. <laughs> and, uh, they'd all jam, you know, and I just remember, like, all the kids always getting brushed to the backyard and having to go. But I'd always sneak around and just sit at the edge of the porch and try not to be noticed and listen to everybody jam and play some good old bluegrass and um, you know the, all the other kids would come around there and then they'd all go you kids get out of here you know and then I would stay and all my other cousins and everything well Richard stay and why can't, why can't we stay and uh, Richard loves music now the rest of you go on <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, you know the other kids were just around there you know bothering people and I was trying to learn how to pick on the guitar <laughs> too bad I never learned <laughs> so but, uh, you know then later on in life I caught Johnny the Johnny Cash show and uh, I mean that's the very reason I wear all black all the time um, later on in life um, you know uh, discovering beyond my dad's Waylon and Willie albums you know uh, he turned me on to Van Halen and uh, it just went from there man I mean I, I have so many influences you know from Bob Seger to Ozzy <laughs> you know it's just uh, it was great growing up the way that I grew up getting to have all those musical influences and I think that now it, um, you know it shows in our music you know you hear a little bit of that cash in there you hear a little Waylon in there um, then you turn around and you hear a little a Bad Company or Black Sabbath in there and then you can turn around and hear uh, you know some something that's as modern as uh, Pantera's Power Grooves in there so it's just a big old pot of Texas chili you know whatever <laughs> get in the pot fill the belly <laughs> but um, you know the um, all those things together is what got me there but uh, like uh, my dad took me to um, this Rainbow Bridge concert in like Washington State I think there was a concert in Hawaii and a concert in Washington State at the same time and I mean I was like four or five maybe and it was just bands everywhere I knew I wanted to be a part of the festival life and uh, you know they say that if you envision something and just keep envisioning it over and over and over that eventually it will happen you know and uh, I didn't know that at the time but I guess just always growing up thinking you know I'm going to be in the music business and I'm going to do something like that well you know here we are yeah, yeah, and, and and as far as um, getting into some more of the uh, the heavier stuff and, and more of the hard rock, uh, was it was it just a matter of time before that stuff started to speak to you the most? Because I remember growing up, like my dad was really into he was into Southern rock and Clapton and uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and then my mom was real big into like you know the Police and eighties pop, and then my brother 
in the mid 90s he's six years older than me he's in his early 30s he was really into like metallica and corn and i wanted to be like him so i started to listen to that stuff you know but then i ended up finding that that's just kind of the the stuff that spoke to me the most was sort of the heavier stuff i just kind of felt like they were singing about stuff that i that i could relate to so for you coming out of all of all of those influences and sort of that melting pot, what was it about sort of just the, the rock and roll and, and the heavier type of stuff that spoke to you? Well, then, you know, Dad turned me on Van Halen, and then that just, you know, opened up the whole record store to me. Um, you know, finding, uh, you know, I was 14 years old working in the oil fields, and um, one of the hardest jobs you could ever have, and being 14 years old out there just... Um, you know, doing a, a real man's job. Um, I needed something to help me get through the day. It was uh, hard work, hard on me, and uh, music was my path. And I mean, I'm telling you, man, like, I mean, if you went and got inside somebody's CD, you know, that worked there, there'd be like somebody that had like, you know, all country albums and then maybe one ACDC. Yeah. Or there'd be somebody that had all rock albums and one Garth Brooks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But with me, my whole CD collection, or back then, I guess it was cassettes, it was eclectic. You know, I would have, you know, U2 next to Motley Crue, next to Ozzy, next to Prince, next to Whitesnake. You know, <laughs> I didn't care. I just loved music, you know. Um, but I think that it was at the age of... Um, uh, 16 or 17, I caught this band called Pantera in my hometown, Tennyson, Texas, at this little um, um, movie theater. <laughs> it was an old rundown movie theater. <clears throat> and I thought they were awesome. And then later on, I started, you know, buying their albums and stuff. And I remember whenever Phil joined the band um, for power metal, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is it. And, you know, for me, Pantera always trumps. Uh, a lot of the bands that everybody talked about back from that day, uh, Slayer, Metallica, um, Anthrax, all, you know, um, although I, I am a big Anthrax fan, um, it's just that um, Pantera had something, they had that Texas power groove that was the swagger that uh, I grew up loving in uh, Waylon and Cash and uh, just all in that attitude and um, I think that um, that's all we're trying to do is just we're just trying to stay true to our roots and where we come from. You know what I mean? There's no there's no need for us to add samplers or try to be as heavy as the heaviest or anything. No, we're just out there trying to make good old rock and roll. And we don't take no tracks to the stage with us. When you come there and you hear me singing and you say, damn, that sounded badass. Well, that was me sounding badass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it, you have uh, you you you've got a, a soulful voice, and I think um, that's what always stuck out to me about uh, you know you mentioned Pantera and just kind of you know I, I actually got into them a little bit a little bit later in life, like right around early college, um, and I remember just the diversity from Cemetery Gates to I'm Broken and just the blues and Dime had a lot of soul in his playing, and all those guys Rex and Vinny and Phil were just. The, the passion came through, you know, and I and I think that's what's what's always stuck out to me about sort of what they were able to do with Southern Rock and, and even what you guys are doing now is I think people know when they go see a THC show, it's it's going to be something they're going to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, that we are the last uh, flag flying for Southern Rock and Roll, but um, if there's anybody else out there flying that flag, they're not flying 
is, um, you know, just for us, you know, it's just great because all the real bands, the bands that are real, uh, the ones that are out there working their asses off and, and doing the job that, um, you know, these days there's not much money in CD sales. CDs, you know, there's only been one platinum album this this year, and it was Taylor Swift. So I don't think we fall in the Taylor Swift category. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's hard to sell a bunch of CDs. Um, I even seen a thing where Jason Aldean had sold uh, just a little over 500,000 um, CDs, but he had been streamed over 10 million times. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, um, ours is ours is, is is that that as well. You know, coming out selling you know sixty thousand and then having you know five hundred thousand plus streams, and that's in that's in day one. Yeah, you know, that's the first week of of everything. You know, so if you could go back to the day, you know, that would have almost put us to gold status, and which would have been wonderful for the genre, for rock and roll, and uh, especially for us, but. It's just a new day, so to uh, earn money and put food on the table and make sure mama has a new pair of shoes, um, <laughs> you got to get out there on the highway and you got to put miles on tires, and that's what's bringing us up to Toledo, baby. we got to come there and make the money, and we got to come there and make the fans happy. Yeah, yeah, and, and the new album, uh, you guys went to Nashville to record that, right? What was what was that experience like for you? Man, it was crazy. You know, we got to record, we got to go out and work with Bob Marlett out in California for a little while, which was always fun. We got to go down to Willie Nelson's family studio in Austin and kind of lock everything in, get everything solid down at Arlen Studios. And then we went and wrapped everything up with Skid Mills there in Nashville. And it was incredible. It's actually just outside of Nashville, a little place called Franklin, Tennessee, which I absolutely love. One of my favorite cities on the planet. Um, and it was just so relaxing and just a nice atmosphere there in the studio. And uh, we were really, uh, we were just kicking ass. <laughs> and for you guys, what's what's that dynamic like when, uh, you know, you're, you guys are, are truly a, a live band, you know, that, that brings it to the stage and, and really cares about giving that experience to fans? What's it like when you go into the studio? Do you have to? Is it is it hard to try to to try to channel that that live energy given the type of energy that you guys have as as like a a live touring rock and roll band? Is is it weird to to kind of have to to go indoors or get behind a, a glass, you know, and, and get behind a microphone, or do you just try to grab into that and, and bring that live experience into the studio? You know, I think that any band that's trying to you know that's trying to make sure that everything that the album transfers over to stage and the stage transfers over to the album, they're probably just complicating things for themselves. Um, the best thing is to know that you're going to make an album and make the best album that you can. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, just whenever you get done with the album, just take those songs and go get me old uh, barn and woodshed it out. You know what I mean? Okay. Just, uh, chop wood until you get those songs exactly the way they feel perfect live, you know. Um, uh, for us, um, we, we do have the mentality that they're two separate entities, but um, the most important thing is that how that song is going to sound to the fans when they come and see us live. So we try to make sure there isn't, you know, we don't put a whole lot of extra tracks or a whole lot of extra stuff on there to... Uh, to fill holes, you know, we, we let the music and everything itself leave holes uh, so that um, it has more of a natural feel. 
And um, that's what he's, you know, you don't hear a whole lot of synth or anything like that in our stuff. So no, no noise fields or anything like that. You know, we're just have to play some good old, uh, you know, red dirt metal or southern fried rock and roll, however you want to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, and this one, this one, uh, it has some some anthemic ones on there, and and it's um, El Diablo Rojo. I, I I thought that that was a a good a, a creative one, and I know that's that's what they called you when you guys used to go down to was it El Paso? Oh, well, we go down to El Paso, you know, just across the border in Mexico. There's this little town called Juarez. Yeah, and, uh, that's uh, it's it's easy to dump bodies down there. <laughs> so whenever I go to dump bodies, when I'm down south, I go to Juarez. When I'm up north, I go to swamps in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, whenever I'm down there, you know all the uh, all the vaqueros, <laughs> all the Mexican cowboys. You know, they all refer to me as uh, El Diablo Rojo, which is uh, the Red Devil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think that's I think that's something that's cool about about what um, what you guys bring to the table too is um, even though there's grooves and and you can nod your head to it, there's also like a a storytelling element to to what you do. Is that kind of a, a tip of the hat to some of those guys you looked up to too, like Johnny Cash, where you know they kind of took you on a, on a journey with the song? Exactly, exactly. You know, that's all that's that old cowboy music. What did uh, what did the Skid and, and Bob? I mean, what what was it like working with those guys as far as uh, what they were able to, what they were able to bring out of you? I mean, how how is it when you hit the studio and, and record songs with those guys? Young kid trying to talk to some pretty girl or something, you know. I, just, I wrote, 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 you know, I'm 
sound retarded, you know, but uh, <laughs> that's just the way it is, man, you know. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, hopefully um, whenever, you know, I, I got in there with Bob and Skid and they would see me, um, you know, I think at first for like, uh, okay, I got, I got this going on, you know, and like here's a little story about Bob Marlette. Bob Marlette had been asked to, to, you know, about this band, Texas Hippie Coalition. I think it was John Sykes had called him up and said, man, uh, Zach Wild is on tour. You know, I think it was uh, Rob Halford, DLS, and uh, uh, Finn Lizzie. And John Sykes was with Finn Lizzie, and John Sykes had called him up and said, hey, man, uh, uh, Zach Wild had this uh, CD of this band called... Um, Texas Hippie Coalition and um, oh uh, Rob Halford's got a hold of it he's just wearing it out just wearing it out and, and then he was like he, he had recognition oh the name Texas Hippie Coalition well then John Five who was in uh, Rob Zombie's one of Bob Marlette's best friends if not his best friend and um, he was like hey man Rob's got this song that he jams hard and loud every night before he goes on stage to get himself pumped up he listens to this song called Pissed Off and Mad About It by this band called Texas Hippie Coalition. And Bob Marlette was like, oh, damn, there's that band name again, Texas Hippie Coalition. <laughs> and then he gets a call from Derek Shulman. On, uh, you know, Derek Shulman has, um, you know, he was a part of the bringing up of Metallica, the bringing up of Motley Crue. He discovered Cinderella. He discovered Pantera. He discovered um, Slipknot. You know, and, 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 I mean, if you read and you go back and look and everything, somebody else might have laid claim to that, you know? Right. But Derek Shulman was the guy out there discovering the talent, finding the talent. You know, he's the real guy. When he had discovered us, man, he just kept telling me, I want to help you guys make it. So he called Bob and said, hey, will you take a look at this bill called Pacific Coalition? And Bob would come and man, that's, I keep hearing that name. <laughs> that name keeps popping up. And he goes, but, uh, you know, I'm real busy. And a uh, real brother had sent him a band called Anti-Mortem, and he'd never heard a track from them, never seen them live. They didn't have any recordings or anything. He set them down and he said, hey, listen, I don't know anything about you guys, so um, if you were going to sound like any band, who would you want to sound like? And they said, Texas Hippie Coalition. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Marlette said, gosh, dang, man, I guess I got to go see who Texas Hippie Coalition is. You know? <laughs> so then he went in there and had his wife pull us up on the computer. He said, man, as soon as the picture popped up and I seen that big cowboy in the middle, I thought to myself, I'm going to work with these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, a lot of other people, you know, going to work with such great guys like Bob Marlette, who's worked with Black Sabbath, written with Ozzy, you know, and all me, you know, just a badass you be intimidated, you know, but I go in there, you know, I carry my weight, I hold my own, and I, I'm ready to fight every battle. And there was even a battle on the song called Think of Me. <clears throat> I wasn't so sure that I wanted it on the album and everything, and Bob was just like fighting for it and fighting for it. And Bob had told me one time, if something is worth fighting for, fight for it. But if it's not worth fighting for, let it go. And when Bob was fighting that hard to get it on the album, I told Bob, I was like, man, apparently if you're fighting this hard for it, it has importance. So let's put it on the album, you know. So me and Bob, man, when we get together, I mean, we are like family. You know, we we, we get to be like family for just a little time that we're together, you know, Thanksgiving. And luckily he doesn't have to put up with me year-round. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just like a Thanksgiving visit. But uh, me and Skid, man, we... When we got together, we 
hit it off like friends. You know what I mean? Me and Skibber, we would start and we would go and we would have so many ideas and so much stuff, fresh stuff that it would just happen so fast, you know, so fast that we would write two songs in a, in a day at time, me and him in court. So it was just crazy fun, you know. So to be able to work with such um, talented people and to be able to put in such a great situation, you know, it just truly lets you know that um, I have a record company that cares about me personally, and I also have um, I also have a Lord that has blessed me so. Yeah, and, and I think it's cool too. Um, you know, you mentioned all the all the high praise from from some pretty heavy hitters in in the rock and metal world. That, like you said, you guys like you and me, we we go up to and we're like, oh my god, that's freaking Rob Halford. I I can't even imagine meeting Vinnie Paul, and I and I still remember when I first heard you guys. I remember hearing him in an interview or reading an article and him saying, you know, those those guys are arena ready, and I thought, man, that's some. That's some really high praise. I, I so that's 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 got to be cool to to actually get to meet them and then know that they that they're into your music. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Oh man, you know, if, even in all parts of the world, you know, like um, you know, um, when you, when you just get to go out there and you get to take the stage with a legend like Vinnie Paul, or you get to go out there and take the stage with a um, with Kill Devil Hill, and you know. Yeah, and this this past year, year and a half has been has been a, a busy one for you guys. I mean, with all the touring, mayhem. Uh, Cord Cord joined the band at thirteen. I mean, what what's it what's it been like just over this this last year and a half for you? Man, since Cord joined the band, it's been awesome because I hate guitar players. I just I just can't stand <laughs> them. I want to I want to beat them up all the time. I actually beat one up on stage one time. It was a great performance. <laughs> Young man, he is uh, on his way to being a, a guitar. 
Yeah, and and, and I think I think it's uh, I think it's cool, man, that um, that you guys have been able to bring him into the fold. And so far, everything I, I've I've read about him and and the people complimenting him talk about just how how great he is on stage. Oh man, and not, not only is he great on stage, but it's it, it played the way it's supposed to be played. You know, there isn't no, you know, whenever he's playing the songs off of Pride of Texas, or he's playing the songs off of Rolling and he spent it for 40 times, he's playing that song. It's not a rendition of his version of that song. It's that song, you know, and that's important to me, is to stay true to this to the CD that you produce. And then with what he's done with the songwriting on this album, um, songwriter on a lot of these songs and hell he helped write El Diablo Rojo which I've had in my head for years and he helped me write it and get it out in uh, in the form that it is now and it's just it's incredible to have somebody like that by your side and let me tell you about the guys in this band you know there's a lot of bands out there touring they don't like the people in their bands there's a lot of people working at McDonald's that don't like the guy putting burgers next to them <laughs> but I'm telling you this band us four guys we love each other we all, we all, we pull each other's weight. We do things for each other all the time. You know, if, if those guys need anything, they know all they have to do is ask. You know, we're we're willing to go the extra mile. You see bands out there, four-piece, five-piece bands out there touring. They'll have a six, four, five, six, seven people touring with them to take care of their stuff. We just take the sound man, a merch girl, and we roll. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all, we're all highly capable of taking care of ourselves and those three guys, they really take care of me on stage. I mean, I have to give all the credit to the sound of this band, how good this band is right now, and um, the quality of music that we're putting out. I have to give all that up to John Exall, Timmy Braun, and Cord Pool. Well, Big Dad Rich, it's been it's been awesome talking to you, man. The, the last thing I'll ask you is, uh, you mentioned, uh, obviously, you got the Toledo show coming up this week. And then I think you guys are going to be in Columbus too, right? Before you hit the hit the road with uh, with Fozzie. Uh, have you ever ever played in Toledo before, or any any memorable shows in Ohio? Man, you know um, we did play a show up in Ohio. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, and um, I just remember like um, Ohio. My favorite thing about Ohio is it's all high in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> O's on each end, but it is high in the middle. I love high. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, we're definitely happy to be starting off this run uh, there in Ohio. We know we have a lot of uh, a lot of fans there in Ohio, as well as we have a Texas Hippie Coalition chapter there. So, you know, we're, we're, we're very happy to be kicking this run off there. And uh, I do believe that Shaman's Harvest will be with us for those uh for those nights and then we'll jump over with Fozzie for a little while and then we jump in with Jackal for a little bit and then we jump back out there and we headline for a little bit down south with Fozzie and Shaman in the Texas area then we head over to uh, Y2J's homeland Florida you know so it'd be great to be in Florida uh, in the month of December <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous and, of that I can and, tell you that <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we've been to Florida go back down there and revisit a lot of our uh, Florida chapter fans down there Well, Big Dad Rich, I can't thank you enough, man. It's it's been awesome to to get a chance to talk to you today. It's uh, I think what you guys are doing are, is great right now in terms of just having fun out there and uh, 
getting people to headbang and still have a good time. I mean, that's really what, what rock is all about. So I, I really appreciate the time, and I hope the Toledo show goes well, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get up there. I hope that maybe you'll step out and introduce yourself and let me know. And, uh, you know, we'll do, uh, we'll do a shot of moonshine or something. <laughs> sounds 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 good. Sounds good. I mean, I I got a little Irish in me, so I'm I'm uh, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big Jameson guy. But uh, we'll we, you know if if you want to if you want to do some moonshine, I I guess uh, if if Big Dad Rich is giving me some moonshine, I can't I can't really turn that down, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I you know you know me, I'm I'm, I'm Irish through and through. So uh, you know, um, my, a lot of my family um, come over on the boat, mark some X's because they got kicked out of jail over there. so you you really you really Uh, do got outlaw in your blood then right oh it's it's a funny story man you take our heritage back and my uh my my grandfather on my dad's side he's an anderson and uh, when you follow it back um they're all murders you know they murdered and killed law officers in arkansas and ran and hit in oklahoma moved down to south texas to hide from the law and it was murders and then my grandmother who was a saint, worst cuss word she ever said was H-E double toothpick. <laughs> you know, um, her family came over at the same time. Well, my grandfather's family that came over, they were all, um, you know, pillars of the community. <laughs> they were all, you know, really good people coming over from Ireland. But then my grandmother's family, they really did mark X's and they really did come from the penitentiary. It was hilarious to how it flipped on everybody, you know, but, uh, you know, we're hoping that we're uh, out there keeping that outlaw spirit alive. You know, uh, Texas Pacific Coalition band of outlaws, baby. <laughs> well, thanks again so much, man. It's it's been a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, and keep in touch, man, for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thanks again, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All righty, dighty. That was Big Dad Rich of Texas Hippie Coalition. Make sure you check out their new album, Ride On, available everywhere. All major retailers available on iTunes. It's a great freaking record. It'll get your blood pumping. And we actually have a song because Alyssa, the PR contact, was so friggin' cool. She allowed me, and this is really like a first on Bauman's Breakdown. She allowed me to use a song from the new album, Ride On, the latest single, to give to you guys on this podcast for those of you who are not familiar with Texas Hippie Coalition. So thank you so much to Alyssa and Carved Records for being so awesome about setting up the interview and also giving me the opportunity to share Texas Hippies Coalition's uh, music with everybody and also just to share more about Big Dad Rich and his story with this band. I mean... To me, Mike, when you think about it, you know, we're here in Toledo doing what we love. Toledo's not a big city. No. Denison, Texas, is even smaller than Toledo. And this is a dude who made it out of there and still reps Denison, Texas, but is able to take his music on the road and share it with people. I just think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, and I'm I'm just so thrilled to be able to give this interview to people, share a little bit about the red dirt metal that they've got going on. Big Dad Rich, John Exall, Cord Pool, Timmy Braun. Make sure you check out Texas Hippie Coalition. Once again, Ride On's available everywhere. They just got off tour with Fozzie. A lot of fun listening to these guys. A lot of fun listening to these guys. And once again, thank you to Alyssa from Carved Records. And really, man, you know, this, this may be the last show 
or one of the last shows of 2014. Been an interesting year for us, Mikey. Been well, a real interesting year for us. We've had some ups, we've had some downs with Toledo Sports Network, but uh, the one thing that really makes me happy is we have a lot of people in the community right now, coaches, athletic directors, um, the schools in general, who, who really like what we're doing and are staying on our bandwagon. And that makes me feel pretty excited, you know? You know, it's so funny because there's been there's been so many times where you know we've sat here and it's like oh god what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and we always trying to pump each other up you know and, uh, but now I, I think people <clears throat> are starting to recognize what we're doing and you guys just it, it it the the compliments we get on the the announcing of the games that you guys do and it, it it just it just makes it all worthwhile and you know you go to certain places and you have these coaches call you and just say hey you know no matter what things are happening and you know if people are trying to keep you out of games or whatever we got your back and if there's anything we can do uh we we know that you guys are doing it for the right reasons and that is just the coolest thing in the world to hear yeah, and there's there's been a lot of changes, you know, not just for us at Toledo Sports Network, but for myself personally, for you, you know, with the radio show and and me stepping away for a little while, as the loyal listeners of of this show know. And thank you so much again. I I I, I lo- friggin' love you guys, man. I can't believe that uh, that you guys are listening to this thing from all over the world. And those of you who tune in every time I have a new podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm extremely humbled by it. It's it's awesome. I, I never thought in a million years, and I know I've said that a few times before, that anybody <laughs> overseas would know who I am or that I even exist. And it's so cool that the goal for this podcast, which is just to share music with people uh, and share artist stories with people, is actually coming to fruition and it's happening. And I stepped away from it for a little bit when I had my other job. And that was a good learning experience for me, you know, and that's something that I'm learning as I get older, even though I'm still young. I'm 26. I know I still got a long way to go, but I tried to go the safe route career-wise there for a minute. You know, I took a job that was a nine-to-fiver, had benefits, had health care, and I learned a lot. I learned some valuable online skills, but... I had to shut down a part of myself for that job, and that was very difficult to step away from uh, doing music features, music feature writing, to to not do the podcast consistently. And obviously, all of us, we got to put food on the table. We got to eat. You got to eat at the end of the day, but part of the reason I am sacrificing chasing financial gains right now and pursuing what I love to do is because I've seen so many people in my short time on this earth go after money or stay at jobs that they're unhappy in or just in general in life stay in situations that they're unhappy in because as human beings, we take comfort in familiarity. We do. I do. And change is always scary the unknown is always a little freaky but i had two parents who worked in healthcare between the two of them almost 70 years in healthcare my dad still works in healthcare and i saw the stress level and the amount that that took out of them and 
the lack of appreciation that both of them get for busting their butts and working as hard as they do. I've learned a lot about how to hustle from my mom and my dad and from my stepdad and my stepmom too. I've been really blessed to have people who care about me in this world and who brought me into this world who also taught me what it means to work hard. And when my mom, after 34 years at the same hospital, and when she left there, she was very high up in terms of her responsibility. She was in charge of the OR and sterile processing. Mike, they didn't even spell her name right on her farewell card that they gave her. After 34 years of service and care for other human beings, trying to keep people alive, trying to keep the ship afloat, they didn't even spell her name right. And I'm watching my dad now as he approaches 60 years old, giving his all at his job and just the the, the things that they ignore and, and the way that it's set up at where he's working. Obviously, I'm not going to name this employer, but not that I think they're ever going to listen to this, but... He does not get the treatment he deserves for literally like breaking his back every single day. So when I see stuff like that and I grew up with that, it made me want to pursue what I love to do for a living. And it made me want to chase things that were more important than just monetary status because at the end of the day when I go to sleep no matter how much I'm struggling and I've done a good job saving my money. I've done a good job preparing myself for any type of you know, blindside hit that might come. Like when I lost that marketing job, I was prepared for that because I had saved my money. But I don't have trouble sleeping at night. And it's not because – and I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. You know, I, I have my flaws too as a human being, but I believe that I do treat people the right way. I, I work hard. I, I, don't, I don't go halfway with anything. And – I'm at that point now where I'm realizing I can't go halfway with myself anymore. I'm on the bridge right now as far as where I came from and where I want to go. And I just have to have the courage to take that step. And you have to believe in yourself. But basically, in this big rant that I'm going on right now, (laughs) I've just learned in 2014, you have to do what you love to do, man. Yep. You have to do what you love to do. Now, you have to be willing to make changes. Like I said, you can't be – I don't think you can be all or nothing. You're not going to be driving around a brand new uh, no, suburban. <laughs> it's not going to come overnight. I like that. It does not come overnight yeah. at all, and you can't expect it to come overnight. And you might have to work those jobs to get where you want to go. Big Dad Rich worked in the oil fields when he was a teenager. You know, I have a part-time job in retail right now, even though I have a college degree, because I wanted to find something that would still keep some money coming in but not interfere with this stuff and, and give me the room and the space to still – be able to do the stuff that I love to do. So that's my one thing that I would just tell everybody. And I know a lot of people right now are probably like, I don't want to hear a 26-year-old from Toledo wax poetic, but I really have learned that in my life, man. You have to do what you love to do because if you chase those other things, they're all, at the end of the day, as my buddy Ray says, when, when our time's up and our clock stops ticking, we're just dust in a memory. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. So whatever your legacy that you leave behind is, you better be damn proud of it because that's exactly what it's going to be. And people will forget what you did. They will forget what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel too. I really believe in that quote. So this has really been an interesting year for me. I'm so happy to come back into this stuff now and just 
give these interviews and these conversations really what I like to call them because I, I try not to make them, you know, rigid. I try to let it flow. But I'm I'm just I'm really excited for this stuff to be coming back, you know, around and for me to have the opportunity to do this with Mike who listens to me <laughs> all the friggin' time, every week. We talk every week and I can tell in the phone conversation, this is how you know when to shut up when you're talking on the phone with somebody, everybody, when the other person is listening to you and they're going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, well, if you hear the uh-huhs and the wells and you hear well, whelp or whelp, W-E-L-P, you know it's time. You know it's time to just finish that thought and shut the hell up and let let it be because uh-huh yeah because well, mike yeah, yeah uh-huh. mike well, yeah. mike uh-huh. does that a lot so he puts up <laughs> no, with I me know. he's put up with me uh and i've watched him struggle too but you know what we're doing what we love to do and i really believe in my heart of hearts there are people in this community who are really supporting us right now and the yep. proof is in the pudding so that would be my words of wisdom to all of you for the upcoming year is pursue what you are passionate about do what you love to do. Don't worry about the money. Get a job. Make money. Figure out what your cost of living is and find a way to do that. But do what you're passionate about. If you like playing guitar, find time to practice and play guitar. If you like to sing, maybe take voice lessons and try to improve your voice. You know, don't don't let anybody tell you what you want is There's always a way. Is is crazy, you know? I mean, now certain things we all have are limitations. You got to remember that. I'm too. never going to be a stripper. I Mike's never going to be a stripper. I'm never going to be. <laughs> no, I'm never going to magic Mike. <laughs> I'm never. I'm never going to be an NBA basketball player. I legitimately thought until my freshman year of high school that I was going to play in the NBA, and then I looked at the NBA and I was like, ah, there's not a whole lot of like Irish German blooded six foot. Yeah. American white guys in the NBA and that are slow and have an average jump shot that hustle. Usually the six foot white guys that are in the NBA were scoring 30 points a game and having 15 assists a game in college and they're good. And as hard as I played and as decent of a ball player as I was, I did not have more than maybe an ounce of athletic ability when I was younger. I just wasn't very athletic. I was very smart and I played hard. So remember that. We all have our limitations. But I still have basketball in my life because of sports announcing, because yeah. of guys like Mike and James. And we can shout to Stretch every once in a while so you can uh, die on the court for a while <laughs> with the rest of us. To my defense, that was the first time I had played ball in a while, and you guys Get went ready. hard. I'm starting to run. Today's my first running day. Get ready. I'm going to be ready to play in about three weeks. So pursue what you're passionate about. Texas Hippie Coalition's doing it. I'm doing it. Mike's doing it. Pursue what you're passionate about in 2015. Pursue your dreams. Make goals. That's the other part of it. You got to have goals. Dreams without goals will just lead to disappointment. You have to set goals for yourself and be realistic. But if you work hard and you treat people the right way, I'm a firm believer that that eventually pays off if you believe in yourself and you take the right steps and you make the right moves. So do that in 2015. I'm so happy to be back doing the show on Bomba's Breakdown. I'm so happy that all of you are listening from places to Turkey, China, Canada, South America, Germany. It's it's unfreaking believable 
how many of you listen to this from different parts of the world. And I'm elated to be able to just see this vision of sharing music and stories with people actually come to fruition. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. I appreciate it. I want to let you know that I am trying to get all of the old episodes on my YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and search Mike Bauman, Bauman's Breakdown, you will find them. Right now I have the first episode that we ever did with this, almost two and a half years ago now, with Ray Luzier from Corn is on YouTube. Also Elias Soriano from Nonpoint and Paulo Gregoletto from Trivium. Those first three episodes are up. We've done a little over 30 now, and I only have a certain amount of space and a certain amount of space in my bank account, so my allotage of space on Podbean is only so much, so I can only keep so many episodes on there at a time, so that's what I want to do is put all those old ones on YouTube that you guys will be able to have and look at the old backlogged episodes, and they'll be there forever or until somebody hacks my account and all of a sudden Mike Bauman is no longer Mike Bauman and I'm Rico Suave from South America, you know, with some little computer rigged up near the beach, just, you know, hacking my stuff. But all the backlogged episodes are going to be on YouTube. My goal is to try to get all of them, at least most of them, hopefully all of them by the end of the year. So that in 2015, we're rolling, baby. You've got the new episodes on baumansbreakdown.podbean.com. You've got the old episodes on YouTube. You can go to iTunes. I know Podcast Addict is one of the apps that you can download that my show is synced up with on. So thank you so much. And remember, Texas Hippie Coalition, their website is thcofficial.com. Go there. Stay tuned to what they're doing in the new year. I'm sure there's going to be more shows and more touring coming your way. They just finished up with Fozzie. They've got a show for those of you in Colorado or within driving distance of Colorado Springs on December 30th. Doors are at 9. Texas Hippie Coalition is going to be with Bodycast, Image of, and Until They Fall at the Black Sheep. And that's at 2106 East Platte Avenue in Colorado Springs. Get your tickets. Check them out on Facebook. I love these guys. I love this band. I want to say thank you again to Alyssa from Carved Records. And most of all, thank you to Big Dad Rich. I really love the conversation. Hopefully I can meet you down the line in the near future, my friend. And we'll be on the red carpet at the Golden Gods Awards or something. And we'll do a shot in honor of Dimebag Daryl, whose 10-year anniversary of his death was just last week. We'll do a black tooth or we'll do Jameson because we both share Irish blood. So, for Mike Jameson, I am Mike Bauman. If this is, in fact, the last episode we do in 2014, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year, and a very happy 2015. And now, after all of that, if you made it to the end of that and you didn't, you know, uh, jump in the nearest cold water to uh, baptize yourself of everything I just said, we have... The latest single from Ride On, Texas Hippie Coalition's newest record, available everywhere. This is Monster In Me. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.